The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. It's that time on May Day here on Riviera Radio to say good morning to Rob Kay. Good morning, Howard. Happy May Day. <laughs> Same to you. <laughs> How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Same goes. Well, this week the International Monetary Fund warned that spiralling inflation is a clear and present danger to the world's economy. With Europe the worst hit region, the IMS slashed its global growth forecast from 4.4% to 3.6%, so we need to consider how this will impact us. Before we discuss inflation, what caught your eye in the news this week? Well, Howard, as, as, as we predicted during last week's broadcast, Emmanuel Macron won a resounding victory against Marine Le Pen in the presidential runoff last Sunday, and he became the first modern head of France to secure re-election while holding executive power. This was Le Pen's third run for the presidency, and although her score was at eight points higher than in 2017, it was lower than most commentators had expected following her improved performance in the first round. The right's growing power does appear to be on the rise, though. This result was the best result the nationalist movement have achieved since the party was founded by Le Pen's father, Jean-Marie, back in 1972. This victory won't allow Macron to rest on his laurels, though. In his acceptance speech, he acknowledged the fractured state of the French nation, and he promised to address the anger and, and disagreements which led over 60% of voters to back anti-system radical right and left candidates in the first round of voting. Macron promised to move ahead with his modernisation reforms, many of which provoked protests, including the Yellow Vest movement. He said that no one would be left by the wayside and it will be up to us to work together to achieve the unity which will enable us to live happier lives in France. Macron's re-election prompted violent protests by leftist activists in various cities around France. Demonstrations in central Paris threw bottles and stones at police who responded by charging at them. I suppose the big uh, financial news story of the week was Twitter agreeing to a $44 billion takeover by Elon Musk, which uh, put one of the world's largest social networks into the hands of the world's richest man. Musk expressed his hope that his worst critics will continue to use Twitter, where he has argued that free speech must be paramount. The social media group initially resisted Musk's approach, but opened negotiations after he laid out tens of billions of dollars and threatened to take his, his bid directly to the other shareholders if they turned him down. If this transaction has done anything for our daily lives, it's brought spam bots to the attention of those of us of a, shall I say, more mature age. We always need to keep learning, and I learned this week that a bot is a software application, which is programmed to do tasks Bots are automated, which means they follow the instructions they've been given without any manual involvement by a human. Bots can imitate a human user's behaviour, and they do repetitive tasks much, much faster than any human user could. Learning about bots has certainly made me think twice about believing what I read on the internet. Apparently, more than half the internet traffic is bots scanning content, interacting with web pages, chatting with users, or looking for targets to attack. And finally, a very worrying story appeared this week. One of the unexpected consequences of COVID and the war in the Ukraine will be a result in an increase in the price of wine. The price of cardboard packaging, corks and even labels has also risen. Glass costs are now 20% higher than they were a year ago due to the rising price of fuel and gas, which glass manufacturers depend on to heat their ovens and for us to get our next bottle of wine. I'm glad you caught up with the bot. 
<laughs> because that's something I don't know. I'm a bit of a geek, so it's one of those words that I I knew probably a decade ago, or even more. Who knows? Um, there you go. Yeah. Do you think inflation will be high on President Macron's new to-do list, and how does it compare to its European neighbours? Well, historically, France tends to have lower inflation than the Euro European Union average, but it did hit 4.5% last month, which is a real concern because it was actually at zero just over 12 months ago. The rate reached 2% last August, and its harmonised index of consumer prices have slowly been edging up since then. However, the situation in Spain is much worse. From a negative starting point at the start of last year, Spain's inflation rate now is running at 9.8%. Across the border in Portugal, it's 5.3%, while closer to home, in Italy, it's 6.5%. The highest level recorded across the European Union was in Lithuania last month, where it has hit 15.6%. Overall, the European Union's annual inflation rate is running at 7.8%, up from 6.2% last month. Now, since the start of 2001, average inflation across the EU has increased from minus 0.3% to 7.8%, which is seriously scary given the benign rates we've experienced over the past 10 years. How does France compare to the UK and the US? Looking, uh, looking simply at the official numbers and, and the current situation in France, it appears to be much better than both the UK and the US, and, and for that matter, lots of other countries further afield. The UK's official consumer price index is a basket of, of goods containing a representative section of items from, from people across all ages and incomes. Unfortunately, in my experience, it rarely reflects our own personal inflation rate. The UK's official inflation rate hit 7% last month, which means in the UK prices went up at their fastest rate for over 30 years. The situation across the pond is, is no better. US consumer prices climbed to 7.9% or by 7.9% by the end of 2021. And it's been the largest 12-month gain since June 1982. And as you would expect, it's had a serious impact on the purchasing power of American families. What's causing these high inflation rates? Well, we're experiencing what statisticians call the base effect. If the inflation rate was very low in the corresponding period of the previous year, it follows that even a small rise in the price index will result in a much higher rate of inflation now. Most of the world's economies have reopened as restrictions have been lifted. People are starting to travel, going to restaurants and buying more of what they couldn't buy during the various periods of lockdown. When economies are growing quickly, it's easier for businesses to raise prices without losing customers. But not everything is moving at the same pace. Some companies are finding it difficult to keep up with increased demands as they try to rebuild the supply chains that were badly hit during the pandemic. A few months ago, we discussed the Evergreen blocking the Suez Canal, which exacerbated a shortage of shipping containers. Transporting goods became more difficult, which increased costs and added a further layer of complexity. The pandemic changed the way we live and work. We bought more electrical goods than those selling them had expected. Parts such as semiconductors were certainly in, suddenly in short supply, so companies struggled to keep up. This is known as the law of supply and demand. Higher energy prices all around the world have also pushed up inflation. It's estimated 50% of the recent inflation increases can be attributed to higher energy prices. Less wind in the UK meant windmills stood still. Droughts in Brazil led to less power from dams, and the cold winter left us with lower oil and gas reserves. 
as we've seen over the past 12 months, and especially since the war in Ukraine kicked off. Inflation rates are heavily influenced by our exposure to the price of oil, gas and electricity. Do you think these rates will come down anytime soon? Um, most commentators agree that inflation rates are yet to hit their peak. However, they also expect them to reduce towards the end of the year. Supply will gradually catch up with demand. Market anticipation of energy prices should su- su- subside. Um, and the base effect will drop out of the yearly price comparison. So all those factors will help. The pandemic was was unprecedented in modern times. Um, combine that with the war and the re- and the recovery could be actually different this time. It could take longer to repair the massive disruptions to supply chains and energy prices could easily continue to rise. The past two years, I've seen certainly a greater focus on the need to transition to greener energy. As you would expect, employees and unions are currently asking for pay rises to compensate for higher living costs. That's just normal. But if wages continue to increase, business will have to bump up their prices to cover their higher costs, which could easily be the slippery slope, because that would push prices even higher and the cycle begins to multiply. If people and businesses start to expect higher inflation, and that becomes, it becomes more permanent, um, and, but probably in the end, it could end up with true inflation. Economists call this the second round effect. So far, there's not been a large demand for large wage increases, but with all the vacancies out there at the moment, employers might have to offer more to attract new staff. The European Central Bank is, is confident that inflation will decline, certainly by 2023. This is mainly due to the assumption monetary policies have a delayed impact. The ECB's mission is to keep prices stable, which means aiming at an inflation target of just 2% in the medium term. Stable prices benefit people from across the Eurozone by ensuring the economies grow, jobs are safe and you feel confident the money in your pocket will be worth roughly the same tomorrow as it is today. What about in the longer term? What damage can inflation inflict on our savings and income? Well, I mean, the one example, the number of 85-year-olds is projected to double over the next 20 years, which is which is greatly used for those of us in our 50s and 60s. But what impact will increased longevity and inflation have on our finances? It's quite a sobering thought. But if you invest 1 million euros today, and in 30 years' time, you still have 1 million euros, but inflation is compounded at just 3% over the whole period, your million will have lost 60% of its buying power, even though you've still got a million euros. The reality is you'll have maintained the same number of units in the currency you started out with, but unfortunately it will have lost 60% of its ability to purchase. And in the long run, purchasing power is really the only rationale definition of money. If I turn that around, if you retire today and your budgeted living costs are, let's say, for example, 100000 and inflation runs at 3% per annum. In 10 years' time, you need to be generating €140,000 a year to buy what 100000 buys you today. In 20 years, you'll need 190, And in 30 years, that needs to be €250,000. I've occasionally been accused of sturmongering because of the topics we discuss in these broadcasts. But what I've just described is not sturmongering. It's reality. The impact of inflation. If you've not sat down with your financial advisor and considered what could be a three-decade, two-person retirement, those inflation numbers should be a wake-up call to do just that and consider your thoughts about what constitutes risky or safe investments and how that sits in today's environment. At the end of the day, as I said, Howard, 
purchasing power is the only real value of money. Indeed. Is it fair, though, to say inflation is a considerable threat to our long-term financial security? Well, if we, if we judge that question by the number of listeners who've contacted us because of their concerns about inflation, the answer to your question must be a wholehearted yes. Inflation is a threat, and more and more people are starting to see it. Whether it's your weekly grocery bill, filling your car up with fuel, or the energy bill dropping on your doormat, none of us are immune from the tentacles of inflation. We've had a decade of not having to really to worry about inflation, but it's always been there in the shadows. It eats away at the buying power of the cash in your pocket. We shouldn't forget, if inflation does return to 2 or 3% next year or in the year after, over the pandemic period, it could have easily averaged 6%, double the normal average, which means the buying power of your money has depreciated twice as quickly, a hemorrhage that's, that's not exactly fixable quickly. How can we protect our savings and investments from inflation? Um, I suppose the one message I, I would like everyone to take from today's programme is when you review your finances, you should always consider inflation. Despite what governments would like us to believe, the early indications are going forward, inflation is probably going to be persistently higher than it has been in the last recent past 10, 15 years, let's say. To generate returns which outstrip inflation, you need to invest in assets that historically generate returns in excess of inflation. At Blevins Franks, we believe that by working with your trusted financial advisor and following a disciplined investment process, you can reduce your capital risk. You need to establish your goals and your time horizons. You need to determine your attitude to risk. Then you need to construct a well-diversified portfolio and use quality investment managers. That portfolio then needs to be reviewed at least annually. But you also need to be patient. Stick with your plan. It's time in the market, not time in the market, that's more likely to achieve your longer-term goals. If you have investments but you don't have a carefully designed strategy, tailored to your particular situation or appetite for risk, or you've not reviewed your financial arrangements recently, Blevins Franks will be happy to look at them to ensure they are suitably structured to provide protection from future inflation and taxation threats. Now, more than at any time over the past 15 or 20 years, in my opinion, it's vital you have your investments protected by a tax structure, which gives them an opportunity to appraise and challenge inflation, where your money is legitimately protected from unnecessary taxation. This can be achieved with a strategic financial planning strategy, which is based on your objectives, circumstances and your risk profile. So, if you would like to discuss your financial arrangements with the Blevins Franks partner or understand how inflation will impact you, you can contact our French office by calling 0493 That's 0493-001780. Or alternatively, you can call our Monaco office. And the number here in Monaco is 97775574. That's 97775574. And as we say most weeks, if you prefer, you can find out more about Blevins Franks or arrange a meeting with a Blevins Franks partner by simply visiting the website, which is www.blevinsfranks.com. And it's a mine of information as well. Many thanks, Rob. Always interesting. Thank you very much, Howard. Have a great week. Speak to you next week. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this programme, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com. Is your wealth management on track to meet your objectives and provide long-term financial security? 
Blevins Franks has 45 years' experience managing our clients' capital. We provide a range of integrated financial services to give you peace of mind about your future. Our investment recommendations are personalized for you and designed to be tax efficient and meet your estate planning wishes. Contact Blevins Franks on 04 93 or visit blevinsfranks.com.